Hello, everybody out there, and welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Um, I feel like today I should call you guys like long-lost friends. Mm. Um, we've done one <laughs> podcast. This is our second podcast since... The year, right? Since uh, late November, early or mid-December, maybe, something like that. Yeah. So, guys, welcome back. Thank you so much for being faithful and still sticking around. Um, it's so cool to see on our Facebook Live to have so many people already logged in and... Um, <laughs> taking part in the conversation with us. Um, so you guys, it is February 11th today and, um, we are still, I know the last podcast we did, we did not touch on the chapter of day of the day. Then today is another episode that we're not going to get back into that yet. We'll get into that again next week. Um, but today we actually want to share about, um, three of us, Daniel, Michael, and I, um, as well as pastor Phil, um, Tiffany and Jeff Wiss, um, my wife, Nicole and Daniel's wife, Lainey, all of us were able to go together to Nashville, um, over a week ago and, um, go down there for a few days for the worship together conference that if you've been a long time listener of this podcast, you've heard me share about a little bit, uh, because I've been there a few times before, but we were really excited because we were able to go together as a staff Relief really staff family. That's the way we view ourselves now. Yeah. Um, and, and experience this all together and really get filled up in the Holy Spirit, worship together like crazy, which that's what the conference is called, is worship together. Um, so we wanted to share about our experience there today and then have you guys join in the conversation with us and just kind of go go where we feel like we're supposed to go with this conversation. Yeah. So getting into that, because um, I've already introduced that Michael is with Daniel and I today. Um, getting into that, um, what do you guys want to touch on first? Like what, where do you want to go with this? Where do you want to share with them first about what we were Start filled up the with at the, com- at the conference? <laughs> well, I think it's a, uh, so the cool thing about worship together is it is a conference that's kind of geared more towards worship leaders. So people that are in the worship ministry, uh, people that are part of the whole worship experience, sound, uh, production, lights, all those kind of things. So they have this, this, I guess this, that was probably what two, th- two or three thousand people that were all there. Yeah, I think it's about twenty five hundred people. 20, give yeah. or take. Yeah. So twenty five hundred mm-hmm. people, and what's really amazing is that they're all really good singers. And so, like, <laughs> I didn't feel self conscious about like singing because I felt like all the good voices were kind of drowning out, like myself and. Yeah some of the other non like really talented worship people. And so, uh, and so that was kind of freeing. Like you didn't feel self-conscious about like being on key. Uh, and then, uh, the other thing that I thought was really, uh, yeah, Daniel un- really didn't feel self-conscious. About no, it. I didn't. No, no, no yeah, just teasing. It was just kidding. And, and so I think another thing that was really uh, amazing was that, um, a lot of times there's this, uh, I think Brent would call it like a fourth wall, right? Where you have this wall yeah. between the stage, the people that are on the stage, and then the audience. And you see that a lot in concerts and everything like that. And and I think the most meaningful experiences when you're at something like this is when that wall is broken down and when it no longer that no longer exists and you're able to kind of connect and and collectively um raise your voice for lack of a better term yeah, worship together. and worship together oh wow <laughs> i feel like Whoa. i feel like the conference is very aptly <laughs> named yeah. and so uh and so anyways and so that was really cool because there was times when the worship the people on stage we had like great worshipers elevation worship was there um kate and brian is it Tor- torwald mm-hmm. and uh, cody carnes and carrie job and a, and a lot of other uh, amazing worship uh, leaders there was times when they stopped and the whole crowd worshiped and led cool. them 
And that was really unique. Yeah. I had never kind of seen like or been a part of something like that before. And so to see that kind of connection and, and I think and we've done it several uh, times here at Elevation where the the whole uh, worship team will just stop and they'll step back from the microphone and the rest of the congregation will kind of lead and sing and kind of carry on. And I don't know, for me, that's always really impactful. And um and so here's a question maybe to kind of draw some people in from the conversation is, is what has been, what is, if you can think back on what have been some of the more impactful worship experiences that you've had and on, and a follow-up question to that is, is why do you think that is? So why do you think, what, what was impactful? Like what experience was impactful and why was it impactful for you? And so that to me was probably the most impactful part of worship. Now the Lord spoke to me in other times in the conference, but I think that was the thing that kind of took me back the most was like, wow, like this is not us kind of following their lead. It's us together. And it was like collectively rising to heaven. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. That fourth wall is something that's really, um, it's a hindrance in worship. And so you've got to learn how to get past that as a worship leader, how to kind of tear that down. And it's also, um, as a performer, because I was a performer uh, of just country music and things like that for a long time before I was a worship leader, and it's a hindrance in that as well that sure. you don't really think about as much. But until so, so the fourth wall, is Daniel explained it pretty well, but it's, it's kind of the divide that says you're in the seats and we're on the stage. Right. So you just need to watch us, and we're not in this together. You're just kind of spectating what's going on on the stage. And um, some of my favorite performances, even before I became a worship leader, were the ones where I would make a mistake, or somebody would mess up on the stage, and then it would kind of like accidentally break through that fourth wall to where sometimes mistakes are the best thing that can happen. Because like, Mm -hmm. if you forget lyrics, like there were multiple times I forgot lyrics of songs that I wrote. (laughs) <laughs> and you know and then you got to start over and then people are like laughing and you're like hey you know let's just do it again you know and it it breaks that wall down and all of a sudden you're all in it together and it's fun and it's more enjoyable for everybody because you're all in it together now you're all on the same page you're there for each other um you're not picking at each other apart and um my favorite thing about worship is that you you're not supposed to have that fourth wall because worship leaders we're not there to be entertainers on a stage we're there to be in worship with you. Yes, we're leading you um, from the platform a lot of the time, but we're all supposed to be in that together. So the sooner in any kind of a worship setting that you can break that fourth wall down, the better it is. And that first night when we were there at the conference, uh, like I said, I've been there multiple times. This was by far the best and most free first evening session that I've ever seen because by the end of Elevation Worship, leading everybody in worship for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever it was, people literally were just taking their own permission to leave their seats and go towards the front of the stage and getting on their knees and dancing and singing and crying and coming together and just doing anything that it, that they felt like they were supposed to give to the Lord in that moment. And that's what real worship is supposed to be. You let go of self-consciousness. You let go of everything else, and you don't worry about what the people around you are thinking. Yeah. You give your all to God, and you're like, I don't care if I look foolish. This is my offering for you. And for that breakthrough to happen the very first night, I think we all knew like, oh, we're in for something special this weekend. And it just was so good throughout. You know, everybody had their own different experiences and everybody had higher moments individually, um, separate from everybody else and lower moments and things like that. But all together, man, it was really, really powerful and really awesome to be in that together. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm the dork of the group because uh, you guys are all awesome singers and stuff. (laughs) 
What, what, Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> no. What what got me? <laughs> Can I say that Phil's had this thing where he sorry, Michael, you're I do good, not mean to interrupt. Good, Phil's had this thing where he wants to have the whole staff come up and worship. And I'm like, I don't want people to leave our church. Like <laughs> I feel like that's going to happen. And so... Well, maybe we could just use a song that you co-wrote. Or I could just like Millie Vanilli and be like, you know, <laughs> and just kind of do some, li- like do a lip syncing, you know, like... <laughs> God, if you, you do it like that... Too. Yeah. Ooh, 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 I love you. You know what? I think it'd be better if he did some interpretive dance, actually. You know? Oh, can we get yeah. like the the streamers? Yes, we've already had a Will Ferrell reference say, yeah. earlier, so yeah. why not? Yeah. That would be a fantastic idea. I, I'm, I, I think we're there. <laughs> about uh, once again, that, that would, awesome. that would also cause people to leave. I feel like I need to stay in my zone. Like if I don't, like it's just going to be catastrophic. Stay in my zone. That's why they keep me in the back with the kids. I got to stay in that, stay in my zone, stay <laughs> yeah. away from grownups. You know? uh, <laughs> so what? What were you saying, Michael? <laughs> Before it really interrupted and went on a crazy no, tangent. I, I, I really like the preaching. Like oh and, yeah yeah and the I've, speakers I've been, are amazing and I've been thinking about this yes the speakers were amazing but was it how amazing the speakers were or or was it that I got my heart in the right place because of worship mm. and and as I look at at how I've grown up in the church if I'm I'm just being really honest um, when I grew up I just wasn't into worship. Mm-hmm. Um, Blame it on me. Blame it on the songs. Blame it on worship. Leaders. Blame it on the I, rain. I mean, blame it on the rain. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Full circle here. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, whatever it is, I really, to be honest, I really didn't have a, like a true heart of worship until I came here to ECC. Yeah. And and um, you know, I think God's moved in my own heart more since I started coming here, and and I think maybe. Uh, worship just get your heart in the right place so you can receive mm. a message you know in the right place yeah because what I tend to do what uh, you know when I listen to sermons is I have this bad habit of like being very skeptical mm. I, I want to judge everything that's said and, and and my my little theological brain does does all kinds of twists and turns and I, and I lose focus because I'm stuck on something that the speaker said yeah but when I get my heart in the right place and it's not that I shut my brain off that's not what I mean but when I get my mm. my heart in alignment with with receiving mm-hmm. instead of like this intellectual exercise I gain so much more from from sermons. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, maybe that's what it is. But it, I, I just felt like the sermons were just fantastic. Robert was it Madu? Madu, Robert Madu, yeah. Man, he, His was awesome. Like, yeah, he hit this this point that that we that we miss all the time. That I'm like, man, this is great. Like, and I and we've been you know listening to the the Bible Project a lot. I'm sure you guys love it too. Um, and something that I learned recently that I never really caught was in, in context about how. Um, you know, we think of water mm-hmm. like peaceful and pools and like yay water. But if you think about a Jewish person's like like idea of of water, you know the, the stories like you think of the flood and destruction. You think stop laughing at me, right? I just I just keep saying yay. I was like water. I was like happy water, happy trees, <laughs> Fiji. You know, if you want to sponsor us, Fiji, go. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> no, but um, but no, we we have this this positive thought of water, but like. If you think about the stories in the Bible, like the flood brings destruction, mm-hmm. and and then you know with Exodus, like you know crossing over the Red Sea, that was an obstacle that was in front of the Israelites. Yeah, and the that, water crashes in. Yes, and kills and the, the Egyptians. exactly. And, yeah. This is a violent thing, <clears throat> and, and and the Jordan River, and like on and on. We see lots of stories about water in the Bible, and the thing is about that 
is water is generally an obstacle. And then when we see in prophecy, often water is kind of used as a metaphor for the enemy. Mm-hmm. So, and so it, it, when we he, he preaches a sermon that he doesn't give us that context at first. He has us thinking about Jesus and the water and stuff, and and then about how Jesus moves into the wilderness after he's baptized, right yeah. after he's in the water. Immediately, yeah. And so, like the message that I took, this sounds really dark, but just but it's true. Is that sometimes we face our enemy, we face this water, we face this obstacle, and then we get through it and we're like, yay, awesome! And then we face the wilderness. Mm. So it's not always like everything's going to be perfectly fine just because you 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 crush the enemy. You know, sometimes there's a wilderness, but and that, that sounds that sounds bad. But the thing that I, that I'm also learning with this stuff is how, um, our, you know, crushing that enemy and and going in the wilderness is also how we grow. It's how we learn, and when we we get a chance to do those things, man, it just it really helps us a ton. But but his sermon that kind of hit those topics just blew me away in such an awesome way. Yeah. Yeah. So what Michael's talking about, just to give you guys some reference is, um, uh, uh teacher, Robert Madu, uh, he was talking about the, uh, transition of water to wilderness. And, uh, he was using, uh, Jesus' baptism as kind of a, a backdrop for it. But then he also like brought back, like, there's a lot of other examples of how God can use that as almost like a system in, in part of his like created order. And so, yeah. um, like my favorite one that he brought up after was, was, childbirth like you're literally born out of water into the wilderness and when he said (laughs) he said that's why babies look at you and go ah (laughs) because they've gone from the comfort of the water to the wilderness into the wilderness (laughs) yeah and so and i think uh mark is really great when he kind of describes it because mark is a pretty succinct gospel uh but he says but he basically says that uh one day jesus came this is mark one verses nine through we'll just go 13. Uh, One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came out of the water, he saw the heavens split apart, which in the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, and the voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Uh, and so that was one thing that he really focused on too, which I think was really awesome was that in this moment, there was so much identity that was spoken into Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says, And then immediately, the Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for forty days, uh, and um, and so it's. I think that's kind of one of one of those things. Is like, you know, those we can have those amazing experiences. Like worship together was an amazing experience. Uh, it was. It was. It was. The Holy Spirit was teaching us. We were being filled, and then you know. Many of you guys have related to this before if you've gone to like a, a conference or a retreat or had some sort of like even a meaningful moment on Sunday, like Sunday morning experience or something like that. And then it's almost like the next day, it's like you hit something, you hit sure. the, the wilderness kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so it's kind of like, don't be surprised when that comes, uh, but also kind of carry over what has been spoken into you into those moments. Um, and so I think that that's kind of a, uh, that I thought that was a really in like, like really good observation, uh, really practical because I think I can look back and see it in my life so often. Yeah. Uh, but also know that that in the wilderness is it's part of the process and it's and it's 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 a refining mm-hmm. part of the process. Um, and wilderness is not something that you. It's not something we can avoid because, like you even said with the example of birth, we're birthed into the wilderness. You know, I mean, we're birthed into a barren broken world, mm-hmm. you know, in so many ways. And, and so, um, so taking that identity that's been spoken over us in those experiences and those encounters with God, and then 
knowing that that's going to, as we keep revisiting that, remembering who we are, uh, carries us kind of through the wilderness. So yeah, that, I thought that was one of the more impactful sermons there. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, and he, even how he was speaking about, um, he went into the enemy, into Satan, about how he was a serpent in the Garden of Eden, and then how, how he, um, you know, it, he's a serpent, and he touched on the fact that he found out that serpents don't have eyelids, like they don't blink. <laughs> yeah. They don't blink. Oh, so, man. by the way, the this serpent, dude was super funny. Too. Yeah, like the serpent is always watching, you know. And he said that's what that's what he did in the wilderness with Jesus. He said he posted up for like forty days and forty nights, and was like just watching, waiting. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for him to get to that point where he thought he was most vulnerable, and then he moved in, you know? Yeah. Um, and he talked about that creepy that creepy story about the lady that had that big snake as a pet, and it stopped eating, and she didn't yeah. know why. She took it to the vet. vet uh, the vet started asking her certain questions <laughs> about, like, what's the, what's this snake been doing? You know, like, do you sleep with your snake? And she's like, yeah. And he's <sighs> like, oh, okay. Um, well, when you sleep with your snake, does it, like, wrap up, like, just coil up on the bed next to you, or is it, like, stretching out next to you? She's like, um, it's actually been stretching out next to me. He's like, your snake is preparing to eat you. It's literally sizing you up and seeing how much it needs to not eat so that it can have room inside of its body to be able to devour you whole. Yeah. Like, wow. You know, and, like, and what I, an analogy for the enemy as well. Oh, I know. Like, I mean, the, that was, like, not only the sizing up but that kind of like patient like process of like all right i'm gonna kind of wait in the shadows and wait till the opportune moment to to, to like devour yeah. right i just thought that's that your was weakest really or yeah that was like strongest or whatever yeah. yeah or even just like being in proximity because i think there's sometimes like we we live our life sometimes in proximity to the enemy and what he's trying to do and like we it's almost like the how close can i get to sin without sinning kind of concept right mm-hmm. and then you know, we kind of skirt the line or we don't we don't really recognize what the enemy's doing right next to us. And we just kind of act like it's no big deal or whatever it is. But really what's happening is is can be, you know, catastrophic to us and to our families and all kinds of stuff because he's sizing up. He's sizing us up. You know, he's stretching out. He's going to say, all right, what's going to be the most opportune time to kind of devour and destroy? Yeah. Yeah. And to conquer that kind of stuff. um, <laughs> It's just kind of perfect how this works. There's another, another. There were like three preachers, right? And another one that that kind of talked about how to tackle that kind of stuff was Alex. I keep on messing her last Seely. name. Seely. Mm-hmm. And she she really hit on these these ideas of kind of deepening your well. Mm-hmm. Like if we if we want to get past all these temptations, if we if we want to, you know, succeed in ministry or or whatever it is in life, it's it's not about it's not about you. It's it's about God and it's about spending time with God, mm-hmm. and that's something that that I really I felt like slapped upside the face with <laughs> over the weekend is that, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I I have to pour in to me and sometimes I think that's selfish. Like I should be doing something else. I should be doing something better with my time. I need to go go go, and uh, I'm realizing no the the thing that I have to do as a priority is is work on me and Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need to spend more quiet time. I need to 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 really focus on that. And, and uh, the, the, what was the other preacher's name? I can't remember. I'm so bad with names. Well, there's Carl. Oh, Lentz. Carl Lentz was there. Yeah, he was he, the other the first I can't day. remember the first guy. Cuz the guy that was Thursday night. I don't know, but I'm thinking of the like uh the New York City guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was That's Carl. Carl Lentz. Yeah, he's the lead pastor of Hillsong New York City. Yeah, he said something like, "What was it? That was just genius. That that we need to uh, work like like we're responsible for it, but um, um, but trust. How did he say that? You're talking about 
not wanting to have a moment when you don't have the Holy Spirit, or what are you? No. He talked about like a lot of we, like trying to do work the, like it's up to us, yeah, but trust like it's up to him. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so he he talked about like so. The reason why I mentioned that is I was I was just talking about how like you know we feel like we have the rat race that like man I've got to go 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 I've got to do 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 and all these things and do 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 didn't, didn't come out right. <laughs> I wouldn't but, say you know but we <laughs> we have to do all this stuff. I didn't bring my coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> But but with what Carl Lentz basically kind of brought brought into focus there is that yes we do have to work it's not like and he mentioned things like people that will get a job you know at, at all and it's like uh so 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 are you, are you working no um just I just waiting for the Holy I'm Spirit. waiting for for manna from heaven you know God's <laughs> gonna take care of me well maybe you should get a, a job or, or something you know so like I thought I thought that was powerful that he mentioned that we don't need to be lazy. Right, but at the same time, don't take it all on yourself. Like trust that that God is in the process, and trust you know, trust God that, that He's the one that has the results. It's not about performance. It's not about success. Just work and serve God, and then trust Him for everything else. Yeah, you know. And he, I think one thing that I, Carl, I listened to Carl Lentz before live. He was at the Bethel conference yeah. that we went to in California, and. Um, I well, he, I think he's an amazing communicator and very very practical. And um, one of the things he did talk about is like, is the kind of like trying to do the supernatural and the natural, you mm-hmm. know, or trying to come into. It's almost like stepping in the batter's box uh, of like a situation where the supernatural is required and yeah. you don't have it. Yeah, that was you know, really and you're not part. really filled up with that. And so he oh. just he said something very practical. And I've actually I've been praying this prayer every single day and throughout the day of just being fed and being led by the Holy Spirit. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so I want to be fed by the Holy Spirit and I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And and that to me was just like it was like a light bulb went off and I was like I feel like there's been so many times in my life where I've just trusted my natural abilities or tried to trust my natural abilities yeah. or honestly like like past past encounters and experiences with God, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of live off of those past experiences and those past encounters with God. And in the moment that you need a fresh kind of pouring out or an overflow or an abundance of the Holy Spirit to not only uh, help you in a situation, but a lot of times, I mean, I would say more than a lot of times, uh, almost every single time, it's for the benefit of somebody else, right? Yeah. The outpouring of what God is doing in our lives is for the benefit of somebody yeah. else, and yeah. we yeah, just get to be, you, yeah. yeah, we get to be participants in that. And so, like that, that uh, I guess was very convicting to me about kind of being content or even trying to wrap my mind around the natural and and expecting like everything to stay natural where it was like supernatural was was required. And I think not only is it more of like what what resources I have inside of me, but also the way I view situations, right? So like last night, um, sorry, Wednesday night for you podcast listeners, <laughs> um, we had a uh, we had a class called the Gift to Go After, oh, and yeah. uh, it's a great, it was an amazing class. It just ended, and um, one of the things that God was kind of putting on my mind was this like breaking the boxes that we've created around God mm-hmm. and around our, our natural view of like religion or whatever it is or what we see and how we say, okay, this is how God operates. This is how God works. And I need to kind of stay in this box and kind of breaking mm-hmm. that instead uh, and bringing in like, okay, there's, there's potentials for supernatural things that are, that are in supernatural ways that are above my ways that mm-hmm. are above the ways that I think. And, and so, uh, 
I talked about John chapter 9, which is one of my favorite little stories in Scripture where, um, you know, Jesus' disciples ask, why is a man, why was this man born blind? You know, was it his sin or his parents' sin? And so for them, God was just boxed. God was boxed in. Yeah. All bad things happen to people because of some bad thing that they did or something bad was done to them. Mm-hmm. You're right? And so that was their parameter for how God operates, right? And, right. and sometimes I think we still do that, right? Sure. I mean, I think we think that, like, man, when something bad is happening in our life, we think, okay— I may have done something wrong or something bad is happening to me and who's to blame? Like wh- whose fault is it mm-hmm. to help me kind of work through this issue? And Jesus, he kind of breaks all the boxes and he's like, no, it's not any of those. It's, it's, it's neither of those boxes. No, you know, it's, it's not choice A or choice B. You know, I'm giving you a new uh, parameter to work with. And he's like, this is so that the glory of God can be seen in him. Mm. And to me, that was like, oh, okay. So that means that there's a way for me to pull out of my present situation, break down the boxes that I've built up around me, and look at look at like bring a supernatural heavenly perspective into my situation to see, you know what, glory of God can be seen in this situation because if God can spin the galaxies with a breath, then I think He can do something different yeah. in my situation. Yeah, you know, and yeah. that that to me just kind of really stuck out. Yeah, and I really love too one the the emphasis and the focus on spending time in relationship with God with the Holy Spirit. But I love what else He was telling us as well. Um, I believe it to be true, but it, it was so entertaining the way He was saying it too. But He basically was um, saying like He believes that a big revival is coming within the church and it's going to be because we put an emphasis and a focus on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It was entertaining to me because he was talking about, you know, he said he, he talked to other preachers about like, you know, I hear you talk about God all the time. I hear you talk about Jesus all the time. Why don't you ever talk about the Holy Spirit? And he's like, well, God, this and Jesus, that, but man, when we let the Holy Spirit start moving, things get messy. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, he's the rowdy child that gets things out of control, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's what we need. That's what we need. We need to get out of our our shells and our comfortable places Mm. and get close to the Holy Spirit and let him move. And that's where things are going to break out and revival is going to come. And I I fully believe that, too. And I think that that, you know, this is just me speaking from my perspective, but I think that that's something that a lot of us here at the church brought back with us, that we're wanting to put more of an emphasis and a focus on as we move forward um, is really, you know, let's venture into those things. Let's let's discover that together, you know. Mm. That and that's nothing. Alex Neely kind of talked about is as as you spend time with with God and as the Spirit pours into you, <clears throat> that you can pour out. And and she used you no know, Carrie Job. I always mess her name up. Carrie Job, right? That's how you say mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's not Joby. It's Carrie Job. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like Carrie Joby, just because it like almost rhymes. But it's that's not Joby right. Joby Desert. But but <laughs> she was mentioning about how how like like she knows her and and she knows that that Carrie like spends time with God like that she spends intentional time letting God pour into her and so the the good news with this is that when we worship with her you could feel something different in the air like uh, there's something special about when she led worship and and for me I think it's because I knew from her pastor mm-hmm. that she had been spending time with God mm-hmm. and I I think that not just as leaders but just as Christians I think that when you spend time with God and the Holy Spirit is working in you, then that's where the that's what the, where the power comes from. It's kind of like when you have a phone. If you don't plug your phone into the wall, it's not going to get charged up. Yeah, it's not going to be any good. So, like as Christians, we need to charge up and spend that alone time and 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 let the Holy Spirit, you know, move us. Yeah. Now, so I was just going to ask real quick. Um, so, what specifically from the conference, each one of us, what was your like favorite or most powerful moment? Mm. 
I know. <laughs> I'm laughing because these guys were all there. So everybody's all like happy and worshiping and jumping and hands raised and all these things. And the whole time I'm still Michael Miller, you know? So like <laughs> about as, as, as happy as I get is they, they called it like the Frisbee arms. Like, like you think about how you throw a Frisbee. Imagine like you threw double Frisbees and your hands are just sitting there. That's like my praise and worship. Like my hands are out. Like, you know, everybody else's hands are up in the air and Watching people are jumping. The there were people, there were doing people the dancing. I literally and, and, and did the coffee hold one arm for a while. I did, I, did, I did that too. I kind of felt like my convicted about that. Hands. I was like, I was like, all right, I got one hand up and I got my other hand on my coffee. I was like, uh, I kind of feel like I should use two hands, but. Kind of like <laughs> I was like, if I sit mine down, I'm gonna kick it and spill it. I know, I did. Yeah. I did think about that too. I've, yeah. Sorry, Michael, we interrupt you. So, <laughs> well, so so that's me, right? Um, and at the at the end, so I, I don't know why I'm like that, but I just that's just my where I'm comfortable worshiping. I, maybe it's I don't want people to look at me. I don't know, which is weird when you're in a in a room where everybody's doing that. You're the weird one who's not, but whatever. <laughs> so so speaking of being the weird maybe one, it's that's time to not, get uncomfortable, Michael. Well, I w- I'm getting there. I got, you know, I got as your worship leader. Yeah. yeah, no joke. But um, towards the tail end of this thing, um, I was a complete disastrous mess, like emotionally. Yes. Yeah. We're singing. I don't even know what we're singing in a, in a good way, right? You're not. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I mean, just to bring clarity. I can't believe yeah. I came to this stupid exactly. conference. <laughs> no, not, not, nothing like that. Um. While everybody is standing up and clapping their hands and jumping for joy and all these things, I found myself on my knees weeping before God. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, maybe a little bit behind the shell. You know, I, I've I've felt some stress. That's probably why I had shingles. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know that that's a, a it kind of attacks when your immune system's down and stress kind of messes up your immune system. So, mm-hmm. you know, we all have things in our lives, but you know, I've had some stresses and. And I was just begging out to God, and it's one of those deals where I, I, I'm nor, I normally don't have a loss for words, mm-hmm. but this time as I'm praying to God, I, I, I all I could say was just take it. Mm-hmm. I just and, and I felt bad, and like like my old Baptist self, like looking at the Sermon on the Mount, like don't repeat prayers. I'm like, uh, take it, take it, take it, you know, yeah. <laughs> like you're just you're, by your much speaking, take it, take it, you know, and and that's that's all I could really go with, and and um, you know. It's one of those very few moments in my life. Like I, I, I felt like the leading of the Holy Spirit, but very few times you feel like you hear the voice of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I heard God say, you know, trust me. Yeah. I'm saying take it, take it, take it. And he's saying trust me. And and if you know me, that's probably my problem. Mm. And uh, and God, I don't know if you know this, but God probably knows me too, and so He probably <laughs> knew that. But that was for me. That was probably the most powerful part because I just finally got God. It's like He was working on me all weekend to break me down. Yeah. And and once He got my attention, and He spoke, and so that, and that's where I'm at now. Kind of the application point is like, okay, it's not all about performance. It's not all about checking. You know my my checklist of tasks and 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 doing things so people think Michael Miller is something great. Mm. Right. It's not about you know there. One of my problems is is I as I as I tend to want to please people, and there are people in this church I know that I can't please, mm-hmm. and like and, and maybe it's me. Like when I see some of them and I look in their eyes, I feel like they're disappointed in me. Mm. Well, you know what? I have to let that go, mm-hmm. and I have to just trust, trust God. Like He says, trust me. 
So you know what? Now when I, except for today, because you know, as soon as I you know came in the building, I did the podcast, and I was actually running a little late, which is not like me. But now, as soon as I walk in the building, um, before I open up my computer, before I you know make any text messages, I am spending quiet time with God on top of what of quiet time that I spend at home, like like as a part of ministry. I'm trusting God and I'm going to spend time with him first. I'm mm-hmm. making a, making it a priority. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the application that I got from you know kind of what God poured into me over the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just uh, just to clarify for people listening cuz I know that you know this but you talk about God not wanting us to repeat prayers. It you know for for everybody out there who doesn't know the difference like he he just doesn't want us to just have a routine that we say that we just go through yeah. the motions it's he not, wants our heart so when you're saying take it take it take it he loves that because that's coming out of your connection yeah, with and, him and your desire to be with him instead of just going heavenly father I pray to you today because I'm supposed to and blah 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 well blah. You know, like, he wants your heart yeah. and that yes. take it take it is all of your yeah heart. and 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 to be clear with that I, I'm kind of making fun of my own background mm-hmm. where I come from. There are some Bible verses that people hold on to so they can judge others. And where I come from, people that worship like we worship, that you repeat courses, mm-hmm. this is where people lo- like to use that to judge modern worship. Yeah. Or, you know, that, so they, they use those verses. They can be like, well, you're not supposed to repeat. You're not supposed to repeat. And that's not what Jesus was talking man. about at all. As a worship leader, <laughs> the most breakthrough comes in those repeated things, man. Yeah. Because once you get comfortable in the repeated phrase, you don't have to think about it anymore because yep. you're not looking at that screen like, what are they going to say next so that I don't miss the words so I don't look like an idiot to the people next to me singing the wrong thing. Now you're so comfortable that you're able to worship through that. That repetition, man, that's powerful in worship I, leading. You know what's funny, though? It, worshiping. For, for me, with again, with my background, when we first go into a repetitive thing like that, I get an icky feeling because <laughs> it's just bred in me for some reason, mm-hmm. you know? But then, but then once I recognize I'm having that stupid thought again, and I get past it, that's then I can move in, you know. To and and it really is powerful at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. I think it it get, turns really like anthemic when somebody is uh, when you're kind of repeating Good word when re- you're you're repeating the word and it like it brings like um, it's like solidifies it. It become it it pushes it down deeper and deeper towards your like heart and your identity when mm-hmm. you're are like kind of going through it and. Um, yeah, I think for me, the, uh, going back to your question, Brent, the thing that was probably most impact, is that most impactful, right? Is that yeah, what it was yeah. or what God was teaching? Yeah. yeah. Like what was your, yeah. what was your favorite moment or most impactful moment there? Um, I would hope I, both would be the same Yeah, thing. no, I think, I mean, like there was, a, there was a time, it was interesting to carry the, the Friday night worship with, um, I that monster's inter- trying to get out, man. I know, man. <laughs> I just interrupted uh, Daniel's coffee. That's, that's what demons. you get. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so, uh, the Friday night we were there, uh, Carrie Job and Cody Carnes were, were going, and it was really interesting. Like, the f- beginning part of worship, I felt like I had, like, no voice. Like, I felt like I couldn't sing. Like, I was just, like, kind of like where you were at the end, where it was like that. But it was almost like, it was, it was there was... Sometimes I feel like you get into like a repetitive motion with worship, right? You 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 know the 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 chorus comes or the bridge comes and it's really awesome. So you're like, that's my time to put up my both my hands and then my hands my arms get tired and so then the <laughs> verse comes around and I put them down and then the, the chorus comes back and it comes back up. You know what I mean? Like oh, the shoulder burn shoulder burn is real. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I need to start working out, guys. All right, Sarah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Two shouts. No, shout no, outs for sure. I know. Seriously, no. Yeah, we need I need to stop saying that because I'm not really doing anything and I'm not doing good advertising for Sarah. Anyway, so um 
You mean by people looking at you? Or yeah, what? exactly. <laughs> if I say like, look, seriously, like if we're uh, saying like, yeah, Sarah's our, our health and fitness consultant. She's amazing. And then look at her like, oh, I don't know if I want to like reach out to Sarah. I mean, like, well, you know and what? So that's why I feel bad. <laughs> so like, I don't want to say this anymore. is like spiritual fitness one on one. Oh, my wife just joined us. Hey, it's kind of like saying that. It's kind of like saying like, well, the the Bible's no Phil's good. watching us now too. It's like saying the Bible's no good because yeah. because of of someone's life, but. The Bible is not less just because you don't follow it. Yeah. So Sarah is not less just because we all stink at following her instructions. Wow. <laughs> hey, it's I, New Year. That got super deep. New right perspective. There, I like that. <laughs> all right. So what was your, what was your so, favorite most impactful moment? Focus. Uh, I think my most impactful Focus moment Danielson. was uh, uh, was probably in that worship set. Like it was almost like I, I I was in this kind of solemn thing, and it was just I didn't have to kind of go with the same current of expressive worship. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of soaking in the presence of the Lord. And and that was such a, uh, it, it, like, I wanted to ask you a question about this because I think we've talked about this, but it might feel either foreign or like, okay, what are next steps when it comes to like a friendship with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? And I think because we've, u- we've used that, and I, I've used it and you've used it as well as far as like uh, how we want to cultivate mm. that. But I think that can be kind of confusing mm-hmm. and or feel like, OK, what do we do with that? Like, what? Do, OK, so that sounds like the words together sound good. It sounds like a right thing to do to be a friend with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But what does that look like? And, and so I think what, Jesus is my friend. <laughs> Jesus, I have a friend in Jesus. <laughs> and How so, do we all know this thing? I don't know. It's like people that, listening. We're the only three that have ever heard that. But. I know of those who have heard it. <laughs> so, we'll share it later from our page. Anyways, yeah, we don't want to do that. More people leave. And so anyways, uh, and so like that part to me was like, I didn't have to kind of join in. I could just stay in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it was the, and it was a quiet moment. It was almost like the conversation shifted. And then it, towards the end of worship, it was like, I almost felt like free. And Mm -hmm. Lainey will even attest to this since she's, uh, since she's on the podcast right now or not the podcast, but yeah, whatever. Facebook live and, uh, in, in Facebook world and, uh, land land. Dang it. I know I'm still in Florida. We're in California. You guys are in California. That messes with me. All right. So, um, yeah. And, and so like, it was just like, I felt like I could be really just free and it was like, it was not about performance. Like you said, Michael, it's not about performance at all. Like when you have a, when, when I want to cultivate a friendship with the Holy spirit, it's because, we both want to just be with each other. Yeah. We don't have to perform. We don't have to bring our A game to the table. You know, there's times when it's messy. There's times when it's quiet. There's times when it's loud. There's times when it's laughter. There's times when it's sadness, mm. you know? And, and so I think that, that to me, I want to get to that point and I want to cultivate that even more and more so that my communication with the Holy Spirit is not about, uh, even though it is reverent, it is more like, I want to have that kind of uh, proximity to a French friendship. Like, mm. like you, we said about saying the same words, like that is like a mantra, right? Mm. Where someone feels like they had to say a mantra and they say, say these things. It's right. like their step path to get to the door, to open it up, to receive. Yeah. And that's not what we need. Jesus took away all of the ritualistic things that we needed to encounter the most high God. All we need to do is just say, you know, Hi. Yeah. Or help, or yeah. I need you, or and and so <laughs> or and, take it, take it, yeah, or take it, take it, take it, <laughs> take it, take it, take it. Uh, I feel like that could be a good song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, exactly. Like what Phil said, 
a spirit fed and spirit led. Spirit fed. <laughs> yeah. And so and my comments are not updating. <laughs> I didn't have that on mine either. Uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, and that that to me was was really impactful. I just saw it. Sorry. <laughs> was Phil, really, we get your point, man. We got it. <laughs> but uh but yeah so that was that was super impactful uh for me was like cultivating that friendship uh bringing that kind of joy and not feeling like I had to kind of manufacture that process to encounter God that he's just literally you know he, he's a thought away he's not even a thought away he's already there yeah, but it's opening constantly. my mind opening my eyes opening my heart to his presence with just a uh, just like an action of either holding my hands out or just receiving and then just opening the That's conversation it. and just like I mean as quick as it is to text my wife it's, <laughs> it's so easy to for us to encounter God and encounter the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and so that to me was the most impactful what about you yeah. Brent well first of all I want to touch on what Daniel was saying there I think it's twofold when you come into that moment of freedom and when you when you want to get into that position of your heart for worship because it's twofold because one it's about <clears throat> like desperately to your core wanting that relationship with God, but two, it's about the offering that you're bringing and for it to be worthy of him and for you to give him your all. So like I heard, you know, we were all right all together and I heard multiple times that Daniel was just like letting it go. And those are the best moments, right? Because you're like, I don't care what the dude that's head is right here in front of me in the next seat is here. And I'm giving this to God and I'm singing at the top of my lungs because I'm giving my offering to him because he's worth it. But on top of that, I'm doing this because I want desperately to have a relationship with him and for it to be a close relationship, absolutely intimate, you know? Mm. So um, for me, um, I had a couple moments that were really powerful. Um, Three of them, really, that were like my favorite things. Um, But the the last morning that we were there was absolutely my favorite. Mm -hmm. Like the whole session was just super powerful and really um, moving and and really touched me. But um, the first night when everybody broke out to where we the whole congregation of worship leaders and church leaders and people took over worship because yeah. Elevation was just leading. They did like 13 songs. Some of them weren't full songs. They were like putting bridges in with other things and stuff. But altogether, they touched on like 13 songs in their time of worship. So know that if you come to this conference, like it's worship focused, worship heavy. It's yeah. awesome. Like, you know, it's a full on First night, full-on worship concert from Elevation. Yeah, if worship. you're not a fan of music, it's probably not your gig. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but there was a moment where you guys touched earlier where um, they kind of were just letting things rest. They had gone through these really powerful um, verses and choruses and bridges and things like that, and they were just kind of letting the spirit rest and move. And then all of a sudden... Where they weren't even, you, you could tell, at least I could tell, as a musician, you can tell that they weren't planning to go back to where we had oh, been. yeah. Yep. But yeah. then the congregation, some, one, you know, one person started that somewhere. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit was telling them to. So they started singing this chorus or this bridge or whatever it was again that we had sung earlier. It was like two, it was like one or two songs earlier. So it wasn't even like the song we were on. It was like before that. Yeah. And we just, it was like the place just caught on and started swelling and swelling and swelling to where you could watch Elevation Worship on stage. They were like, stopped and looked at each other like, that's not where we were planning to go, but this is amazing. Let's Mm -hmm. just go with it. So they were being led in worship by the congregation being led by the Holy Spirit. And and it really literally is worship together because that's what we're doing, you know? And we all, you know, the majority of the people there are worship leaders, so we might not be doing it on the level that they're doing it, on you know, when it comes to the stage that they're on, but we're all in it together. 
if you've been doing this long enough, you've had mess ups with lyrics. You've had things go wrong. You've had your in-ear monitor stop working. You've broken a string on your guitar. You've tripped and fallen down on stage. Lost you know, a drumstick. Yeah, I've I've stepped on my own in-ear cable before and yanked it out of my ear in the middle of a song. <laughs> like it, things just happen. But when these things happen in that setting, it's awesome because we're like, "Yep, been there before. I feel you, bro." You know, like that. You know, keep moving with it. So I loved that moment. Um, the second night, I had really big breakthrough. Um, when um after alex seeley spoke um when cody carnes took us into nothing else Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um for me that was really really powerful um because focusing on like we talked about focusing on repeating yeah we repeated that four thousand seven hundred forty two it went on for like 15 minutes (laughs) yeah um but man i had breakthrough in that and um you know i this is something that i wanted to share too as we're talking about this um Talking about focusing on spending time in, in relationship with God, you you said you wanted to touch on that with me a little bit about like what it looks like. Yeah, like the friendship. Yeah. So for me, the biggest thing that that I have to bring into this year, and I've told you guys this, is remember. That's like that's like my word for this year, because I can know in my head all that I need to do. I know how important it is to spend time with the Holy Spirit. I know how important it is to prioritize that time. I know up here all that stuff, but I get busy and I push it away and Mm. I push it away and I push it away. And that's what the enemy wants for sure. But I need to prioritize that. Um, And and I need to, like I said, this year, um, a lot of my year is going to be by um, saying no to certain things so that I can say yes to the things that I'm feeling that God's telling me that I'm supposed to focus on this year. And, And part of that is prioritizing spending time with him. So for me, it can be different for everybody, but for me, what it looks like in spending that time, and when I say I remember, I need to remember in my heart what it feels like. Um, because when I'm spending time with the Holy Spirit, when I'm prioritizing that in my life and I'm getting in the Word, I'm worshiping, I'm praying, I'm soaking, I'm songwriting, That's I'm being it. creative, all these things, my discernment is so much stronger. My prophetic gifting is so much stronger. Everything is just in line and in tune, and you're just cruising down the highway with trust and knowing what the Holy Spirit is talking through you and you know that you're in relationship with him and you're doing the things you're supposed to do and that relationship is strong. And when I prioritize that less and less and less, my giftings are still there, but they, they're so much weaker and they're so more few and far between moments where I can speak into people knowing that it's led by the Holy Spirit yes. and I can speak over situations, seeing things that I know I'm, I'm seeing these because the Holy Spirit's showing these things to me. And then I'm supposed to pass that on to other people. And so when I'm in relationship with him like that, why would I not want to stay in relationship with him so that the Holy Spirit can move through me more powerfully? And I have to remember, not up here, but in here, in my heart, not in my head, in my heart. I have to remember that. That's that's the reason why God tells me, trust me. Because it's like, listen, dummy, you're much better when I'm in control. Yeah. When I'm filling you up, you're better. When you're doing it on your own power, dummy, <laughs> right. it doesn't work. Yeah. When literally when you're walking hand in hand with me instead of when I'm just walking next to you a couple feet away. You know? Um and so for me, what that looks like, I know it's taking me a while to get here, but no, what that good. looks like for me is um I have to spend more time um doing what we're supposed to be doing in our relationships with our wives and stuff as well and our husbands is is setting aside special time. Not our husbands. Well, people that are watching I know, as I know, women. I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> That's why I said our wives <laughs> and then our clarity. husbands. Um, but uh, for me, it looks like, um, and, on, and this is me speaking to myself as well to prioritize this more, but 
setting aside special time, like for lack of a better term, date nights with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. like setting aside a day of the week or a couple hour chunk of your week to really put out all distractions, set the world aside and just get on your knees, turn on some worship music or some soaking, um, uh, like ambiance music or whatever, mm-hmm. and go into relationship and time spent with him. So for me, I've talked about that on here before, but I call that my, he gave me a word a long time ago, but my acuity worship. And it's literally what I listed. It's because I prayed for, I pray. So this is how amazing God is. And when you're in connection with him and you're spending time. So he spoke to me through a vision one day, like a literal vision. I had my eyes closed and I literally saw um, an answer to prayer come across in front of my eyes because I had been praying for And I'd never heard the word acuity before in my life. I had been praying for God as I'm leading this ministry, as I'm walking forward in my life, show me clearly the details. Show me where you want me to go so that I can go there boldly and confidently. And when people stand up against it, I can go, nope, I'm supposed to go here because this is where God told me that I'm supposed to go. And so out of out of that prayer in front of my closed eyes, I always see stuff in almost like a red, like Adobe brick kind of color when I see things in vision. And the word acuity, like punched out of the dirt, the red dirt in front of me, A-C-U-I-T-Y. And I was like, what was that? <laughs> Is that even a word? Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> have I heard that before? What was that? Yeah. So I got my phone, pulled up Webster's Dictionary. You know what acuity means? It means the ability to see things in the smallest details and to perceive. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I get it. You know, you answered my prayer. Um, and so I call that my acuity worship because when I'm spending time with him and it's five tiered, it's literally what I listed. It's, it's, <laughs> it's praying, it's worshiping, it's spending time in the word. It's just soaking and soaking. A lot of people don't like that term, but for me, I love it because it's literally just like just sitting in his presence yes. and just like a sponge, just waiting to soak up whatever he wants to give to you. Yeah. Um, and so that's, uh, uh, worshiping, praying, getting in the word, soaking, and for me, creativity, songwriting, mm-hmm. out of that overflow of being connected with him. Those five things are my my acuity worship that I call that. So, awesome. um, and, and you can't do that unless you're making special time, special date nights or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't have to be at night with the Holy Spirit. Um, and then obviously every day you need to do something. But even just one day a week, if you can set aside a few hours or something and do that and really spend time with him, you will be amazed at the power that your life has by by letting the Holy Spirit be in that kind of intimate connection with you and flow through you. Hmm. I, I heard a sermon by Andy Stanley, and it goes along kind of what you were saying, is that um, in this in Nehemiah, and Nehemiah uh, is seen as just one of a, a great leader, and he, his, uh, his like systematic approach to building the wall is seen as like a great pathway in leadership. Mm. Um, but one thing that he does is, is really interesting. This is in Nehemiah 6, and he has so many people oppose him. He has so many people that want to stop what God is doing, right? And they, uh, he says, he basically says that he realizes that there's a plot against him, and this is in Nehemiah 6, verses 3. And so he replied to them by sending them a message, and he says, I'm engaging in a great work, and I can't come down. Why should I stop uh, working to come and meet with you? And it's like, it's almost like, um, the way that, um, Andy Stanley and his wife, they, uh, how that it soaked into them was that they had to recognize what God was doing and how God was working in them. And there was things that they had to say no to. They said they could not come down. Mm-hmm. I can't come down and do this because God is doing something here and I'm not going to be pulled into that because the enemy, like you said, is a great distractor, mm-hmm. right? He's trying to always put distractions in front of us. And I think that that is, 
you know, there is whatever, whatever it is for us, it can be different, can be totally unique as far as what is the thing that is calling us down. Right. Mm -hmm. But recognizing that, that, or in evaluating, okay, there is, there is a, the things that I say yes to, and if my schedule is too full, that's my own fault. Right. And if I'm getting down, if I'm coming down from a great work, that's a choice, right? That's a choice that I'm making to come down from that. And I really applaud you, Brent, for doing that and really focusing in and honing in on remembering that you you have something going on right now and you can't come down to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. you have you have recognized the areas that you that you that need work around you. And Mm -hmm. you've almost like assigned them just like Nehemiah did exactly in building the wall. But that whole mentality of saying God is doing something really amazing and I just can't come down. It's not that we don't love people in the process, but we know that it's going to be uh, there's things that um, that can be done out of disobedience because we've just filled our schedule with too much stuff. Yeah. Or. And honestly, sometimes in my heart, I like to people please. And Mm -hmm. so like I come down a lot to people please, you know, Mm -hmm. and and not to, you know, that was just kind of popped in my head. And I don't know if that's helpful or not. But anyways, that just kind of stuck out as like, man, like that is a good like you're doing a great work. And there's some things you have to say, I I can't come down. Mm -hmm. There's there's, things I can't compromise on. And when it's a date with the Holy Spirit, I, I can't come down. You know, this is a good work. I need to do this right now, you yeah. know? And yeah. so I think prioritizing that is really important, especially in our culture when it comes to like FOMO and all kinds of weird stuff that we have that prevent us from kind of like staying in those moments. Mm-hmm. Something else that I felt really strongly about, I was talking to my wife about the other night was um, like, I, we've talked about this before. I'm a huge Tennessee Titans fan, right? During football season. I love it. I'm a big, I'm really involved in like the whole Titans Twitter community. You know, everybody's friends on there knows each other and stuff. I football season's over. I deleted Twitter off my phone the other day until football season again, because I don't need those distractions and that's going to afford me another chunk of time in my day to be able to focus on other things and focus on people, focus on my wife and my kids and, and stuff. And, um, so I'm trying to limit distractions and I actually just finished a TV series that I was watching and I feel strongly too, like, okay, now that that's over, you need to start reading, learning, growing, yeah. spending time in the word, but also spending time in developing my gifts and tools and things like that. So start reading books at night instead of just turning on Netflix or something until I fall yep. asleep, you know? So I'm really trying to do that. And then my wife and I actually talked about maybe taking, it was her suggestion, taking um, some time each week and using those evenings that we go to bed at the same time to do like a Bible study together or to okay. read, a, read a book about a relationship and, and work on that together. Mm-hmm. So those are really things that, that I want to work on. I know she wants to work on. Um, and it's about priorities. It's about, you know, a big part of it and a big thing that's speaking to me right now is like, honestly, evaluate yourself right now and find out where you are. Ouch. Like, like critically, like make it hurt yourself. You know, I'm going through the ministry right now, the worship ministry, and I'm going, okay, where have we been growing? Where am I passionate and where have I been leading us? But what are the other things that are important that I'm passionate about happening and I know need to happen, but it's not something that I am driven in or gifted in right now? And find the people within your ministry that you can find that they have a passion about it and they can help lead so that the breadth of the growth of our ministry is so much wider and deeper than just where I can lead us by myself. And, um, I think that that's a big part of what, um, what we need to do, or at least what I need to do for myself this year. So, um, I think that that's really powerful too. I didn't get, I, I wanted to touch real quick on like my, my m- most favorite moment. I said there were like three of them and, and the last one was my favorite. Um, the last morning of the conference happens on Saturday morning, um, from like nine thirty to 12 or 1230 or something like that. And, um, 
Brian and Katie Torwalt, whose music has really been speaking to me lately, like oh, for the last year or I've so. I've been just like crushing it recently. Like I, I'm loving their stuff. Yeah. Matt, Matt Nation's uh, doppelganger. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. It really is. I know. Um, so they, they opened up the morning with like 45 minutes of worship or something. And, and they broke down the fourth wall, man. When she was crying during that song and she started explaining her story and how that song came about. And there, there's a bridge in their song that literally says... Um, was it shame or fear? Fear. Fear can go to hell and shame can go there too. You know, like that. the song is "Prophesy Your Promises." Yeah. And um, if you haven't heard it before, it's 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 a really good song, and um, it is yeah. That, that, go ahead. Yeah, I know who I am, God. I belong to you. That's what the the second part of it is. And she just told us, you know, um, vulnerably, like where that came from and why and stuff. And so like, that was really powerful for me, that time of worship spent with them. And then honestly, I don't think I shared this with any of you guys, but my first year that I went to that conference, I went by myself. It was the first year that I had become a worship leader that God had me step into this, into this calling. And I'm still trying to figure it out and stuff. And, um, it just came through some friends that, Hey, there's this conference that's happening in like two weeks. And I was like, ah, that's probably not going to be able to happen. That's so soon. And I talked to Phil and Phil was awesome. And he was like, well, go, go. You got friends down in Nashville, you know, go down and see them, go to the conference. I was like, okay. So I went and it was amazing. But house fires was there. Pat Barrett, uh, led house fires for a long time. And, the song that I came out of that with that just, I looked like an idiot driving down the interstate on the way home from Nashville because the song build my life just spoke to me so powerfully. And I was sobbing in my car, had that thing on repeat, like sobbing for like an hour straight on this six hour drive home. So during the tour waltz time of worship, their, their worship leading time in that session, they brought out Pat Barrett. And then they lead that song, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, you know, because it's like, oh, you know, just a reminder, like, I will build my life, you know, upon you. Like, you're, you're a firm foundation. Like, that, honestly, that became kind of my theme song, like, through all of this. Um, and it's always stuck with me. And, um, you know, it just, that was such a powerful moment for me. And then Robert Madu came out, and he was just so amazing, and his message was so powerful. And then we closed with Mac Brock. But then at the end of it, everybody came back out. Pat Barrett, Torwaltz, all these other people came back out and they all led together. Um, and for me, that was just really powerful. But the biggest thing was like through that whole thing, usually I'm somebody that like I'm either when I'm worshiping on like a super high to where I'm just like, ah, you know, it's just amazing. Or I get on this super low, like not a bad low, but like where you were, where you're just crying, sobbing, saying, take it, take it kind of thing. And, and for me, it was almost like this steady soaking rain that God had for me that was pouring from my eyes. It was like literally, you know, when you turn a faucet on just a little bit, just <laughs> not to where it'll drip, but where it starts just kind of running in a steady stream and it just stays like that. That's where I was through that entire last session. It was just like, like water was just pouring out of me, but not to where I lost it emotionally uncontrollably. It was almost like this so, calming, so soothing You thing weren't a mess me. like this guy over here. <laughs> yeah. Red faced and looking like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that really spoke to me because it just felt like God was like just calming me and being there with me and letting me really stay in his presence to where I wasn't like super caught up in his presence, but I also wasn't so far away from it that I was, you know, feeling disconnected. And it was just like this steady stream of just connectivity between the two of us and my appreciation for him and my worship for him. Um, it was just very calming and soothing and it just felt, I don't know. I can't think think of what the right word is, but it felt um, close, fulfilling. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, 
So anyway, that was my my favorite part of it. But guys, I want to tell you, um, thank you guys for sticking around this whole time too. I know that we've gone pretty long today, but we just kind of started sharing and I wanted to keep going with it. Um, this conference, it's called Worship Together. It's in Franklin, Tennessee, which is like 15 minutes south of Nashville off of 65 um, from an, uh, from Blanchester where we are. Uh, it's about a six-hour drive, um, and it's on the final weekend basically of January into February each each year. I think next year it's actually like February 2nd through the 3rd or 4th or something like that, whatever they said. But um, we're going to go it again next year as far as I know, and um, it is absolutely worth it. And so if you guys have any interest in going, we want you to come. Like we want to experience this with as many of you guys as we can. So keep that in your calendars, you know, put it in there. The earlier that you register for it, the cheaper it is right now. If you register, um, I think when the audio version of this podcast comes out, it'll be past the deadline for the initial price, but it's only like $109 per person right now on Thursday as we record this. Um, and do mm-hmm. Facebook Live. If you register today, it's only $109. And then incrementally, it, it gets more expensive until it's time for the conference. And then it gets up into like the mid-200s or something like that. So if you do want to go, um, register now. Save that chunk of money. I went on $99 this year is all it was because I registered right away after I went last year. I knew I was going again. So, um, man, come experience it with us. Come literally worship together with us and see how powerfully God moves at this thing and who will move in your life and speak yeah. to you. And then you will come back like we do filled up, like charging into the new year. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, especially those of you that, you know, cause there's people that listen from this church and other churches and stuff. Sometimes if you're on a worship team and you're working all the time, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, it, it's nice to be a part of, you know, uh, a corporate worship when you're not leading yeah. or like if you're a children's <clears throat> minister, like, like I am, when you're not in the sanctuary, you know, I, f- I felt so blessed to, to be able to, to just experience actual corporate worship for a while. Yeah. So I'm sure that there are other listeners that, that have situations like that. Maybe, you know, whatever the case may be, may, maybe it's a matter of uh, you're one of those folks that have the unfortunate life that you have to work every Sunday. There's nothing you can do about it, but you can take a couple of days of vacation and head down there and get filled up for worship, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I totally suggest it. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it filled me up. Yeah, and and I and I you know I'm not a worship leader, but it, it filled me up and it just it, it changed me. It was very good. Yeah. So guys, if you want to check it out, um, they have a website. It's very easy. It's worshiptogether.com. That is their specific website. Um, where they're they're actually an organization that they provide um all kinds of tools for worship leaders and church leaders around the world through their website. So if you go to their website, um, if you go up to like the drop down menu on the top right hand side, I believe you can click it and it'll drop down and there's a listing in there that says conference. You can click on conference and then you can go and see everything about it. You can follow them on Facebook, um, scroll back a week or two and you can see they posted videos and pictures and all kinds of stuff from the conference this year. So you can see, see what happened and we'll post, um, I'll go on our page and post some of that stuff too. But, um, worshiptogether.com. And then you have to go to a separate link inside of it to go to the specific conference page. Um, but you can register once you get to the conference page, you can literally, really click and I think you register through Eventbrite with them um, and you can register that and then just get a hotel somewhere in Nashville uh, somewhere down in like the Franklin area like we did Um, and it's just it's amazing it's so worth it this will be this was my fourth year like I said in every single time it has been such an amazing experience for me and um, filled me up so much but also amazing because four different experiences every time I haven't experienced the same thing the Holy Spirit hasn't moved in me in the same way Um, 
It's been unexpected in every way except for just expecting that God is going to move while we're there. Not knowing how he's going to move, but expecting, going in expectancy that he's going to move powerfully in us. So um, I loved being there with my wife this year. I loved being able to worship side by side with her um, and getting really to experience that on like a grand scale instead of just a couple songs at church from time to time or whatever, because I'm not available a lot of the time as the worship leader. Even when I'm not on stage, I'm running live stream sound or handling something or other in the tech booth or something like that usually. So um, to be able to be there together and worship together, I think that that is something that's very important for, um, for couples as well experience that worship together learn to become comfortable and vulnerable vulnerable in front of each other in those settings Mm -hmm. yeah we're wanting to by the way we're wanting to bring more of that experience to the kids too Mm -hmm. Um, that's something when we came back that sunday we had a major breakthrough with worship with the kids and and i want to do more of that so that that's what i'm bringing back from this too is i I want to pour into your kids and, and i want I want them to experience what I experienced, and yeah. I want to bring that. So I need help because I'm not a worship leader, but um, but, that, <laughs> but, that's but you are, really but you are, and like, and the great thing is that we, God has uniquely designed us to connect to Him, right? Yeah. You know, and to be to have that friendship of the Holy Spirit, and so, like, I think that you don't have to do it the way that other worship and other people express worship. I mean, yeah. that was the beauty of it at the conference. There was people that were doing some some expressing themselves kind of thing, like yeah. you know, and that's okay. Like it was like it wasn't like there was nothing unbiblical about it, but it was just like man, like that they were worshiping, right? Yeah. And my worship was different and your worship was different and there's times when you kind of it's just like a conversation flows like there's times when it like like we said it gets serious or it gets like laughter or you know there's silence you know and that's okay and so uh just know that um worship is not kind of the box of just instruments and people singing right right? yes worship is man that connectivity to uh god the father jesus the son and the holy spirit and and building and fostering that relationship and and uh, and so I think that that is just um, a big takeaway for those who are not musically gifted to know that 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 doesn't hinder us in our worship. Um, Jesus wants to uh, wants us to encounter Him. Yeah, and Holy Spirit wants to uh, to commune with us. And so whatever that looks like for you, engage in that. Yeah, and Michael, honestly, you are a worship leader because I was actually running live stream sound this like. Sunday before last, I guess, when this audio podcast comes out. And um, it was this Sunday, if you're watching on Facebook Live right now, this past Sunday. Oh, just lost my light. But um, I guess it's time to wrap up anyway. But um, I had to run <laughs> back because the Holy Spirit just took over in our service this last Sunday. And so I, as a kind of a courtesy, thinking of you guys and E-Kids, because I know that you guys have everybody's children. And yeah. when we run long, it starts to get a little crazy sometimes for you guys. So I ran back to give you a heads up we that we were, we were running a little bit long. And um, you didn't even know I was back there yet. I had talked to Phil Kirby and then was coming up to tell you that we were running long. And you were literally walking amongst the kids on the sides of them, worshiping among them. And that's you leading by example. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have an instrument. You don't have to be leading them vocally just by worshiping and then walking around and letting them see you worship. You were leading them. You're a worship leader. So don't don't discount yourself or don't you well, know, thank cut you, yourself Brent. short because that's it's a big part of what you do back there on Sunday mornings and 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 that's what that's what we want to bring more I'm really working on some things back there and and, and I've recognized by people like Tracy Scheimer and just and just conversations that that was something that's lacking back there is true worship yeah. yeah we do we sing and we dance but but why yes mm-hmm. so and that, and that, and God knows what he's doing. That's the whole reason for me. There's two reasons why I went to that conference. One is I need to folk, I needed to hear that message and, and pour in and let, let God pour into me. And two, I need to take that 
and and teach these kids what worship is. Yeah. Because I think I think the, these kids are going to grow as they worship. Yeah. Yeah. And worship together. <laughs> Mic drop moment. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. All right. Let me pray and we'll get out of here, guys. It's been a long one today. So thank you very much for sticking with us. Thank you for joining us together. Worship together. <laughs> together. All right. Heavenly Father, let us come together. Um, in your name, God, thank you so much that um, that we are able to have this conversation each week or when we're able to do it. Um, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to go and experience this conference and this amazing time in your presence together with so many other people who are so comfortable in their lives and spending time in connection with and in worship of you, God. Um, I know that we gleaned so much from from the other people in the congregation there as well, not just the speakers and the people on the stage leading worship, God. So we thank you for the fact that we were able to be poured into, that um, we were able to just have so many of these things attached to us and come home with us and teach us so many things through your Holy Spirit, through conjunction with you, God. So um, I just ask um, that you continue to help us to remember, as I spoke of before, in our hearts, not just in our heads. Help us remember the importance of why we need to stay connected with you, why we need to prioritize you. And um, let us continue to focus on your Holy Spirit this year, God. Um, We want to see crazy things happen. We want to see things get unruly. We want things to get out of control because things don't change. And uh, awakening doesn't happen if things aren't out of control. Change is uncomfortable, and we need to get uncomfortable, God. And if, if connecting more with your Holy Spirit is how we need to do it, then that's what we want to do, God. Yes. We want more of you, whatever that looks like. So, Father, we just thank you, and we just ask you to continue to be with us. We lift you up. We tell you we love you. We give you all the praise and the glory because of how amazing you are, and we know it. So, Father, we just thank you. We bless your name, and in your name we say together, amen. amen. Guys, that's it. We're back. <laughs> Officially, right? So now we're going to be consistently doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And we had a little bit to say today in case you couldn't tell. Um, a little overflow. So anyway, thank you for joining us as always. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there because it's been a long podcast. But guys, um, we love you. We thank you so much for being here, for listening, for being part of the conversation. Let's continue to grow together. Let's continue to learn how to worship together. Um, and until we talk to you next week, go out there, let the light of Jesus shine through you, and just... Bring it home. We'll see you next week, guys.